Now, I want to start off by telling you that there's no key to the kingdom of God, but there's keys of the kingdom of God. That's a difference. Okay? There's no key to the kingdom, but there's keys of the kingdom. And I believe my humble, humble opinion, okay, right here, sharing it with you guys. You guys are at home. I want to tell you that I believe that prayer is the most important key of the kingdom of heaven. I really believe it with all my heart. And let me tell you that what I'm sharing with you guys today was affirmed by our Lord, by our Savior, by our King, Jesus. Okay, Jesus saw prayer as the most important thing that He could do. He saw it more important than anything else. And I don't know if you've seen prayer in that way, but let me tell you something. The only thing that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them was how to pray. The disciples never asked Jesus to teach them how to preach. The disciples never asked Jesus to teach them how to heal. The disciples never asked Jesus how to deliver somebody. The only thing that the disciples asked Jesus how to do was, how do you pray? How do you pray? How do you pray? Prayer is the most important key in the kingdom. And I really believe that fasting is the most important tool of prayer. And I don't know how many of you guys are fasting during this time of these 21 days of prayer, okay? But when you mix prayer and fasting, oh boy, it's awesome. The things that God does, the way that God moves, it's awesome. I remember many years ago, before I was married to my wife, I was praying to God to see if she was the woman that God had for me. And I know I see a lot of single people here today, and I know that there's some single people that are watching me online. And there were prophetic words that were given over me. And there were things that were going on and there was, there was, you know, an attraction that I had towards Gabby and Gabby had towards me. But I really didn't know if it was the will of God or not. And you know what I did? I took off three days and I went on a retreat by myself to pray and to fast. For three days, locked up in a room. I think I was preparing myself for what just happened a few weeks ago, right? Locked up in a room for three days just with worship, the Bible, notepads all over the place to pray and to fast and to ask God if this was the woman that he had for me. Because this was such an important decision in my life that I knew that I needed to pray and I needed to fast to get an answer from heaven. When I got out of there, guys, there was a conviction in my spirit of what God wanted me to do that I was going to pursue her with all my heart, and the rest is history. We got married. We've been married for 16 years, going on 17 in a few months. We have four wonderful children. God answers when you go after him with prayer and with fasting. God desires to answer each and every one of us that are here in this room, you guys that are watching online. God wants to answer our prayers. In Jesus' mind, in the mind of Jesus, prayer is the most important activity that we could do as human beings. It's not serving, 
It's not, you know, doing this, doing that. In Jesus' mind, the most important activity that we could do is prayer. It's our number one priority, okay, to come before God and to pray. For example, what did Jesus say that this should be called? Do you guys know what Jesus said that this should be called? A house of? A house of prayer. Now, look how funny. Today, we don't call this a house of prayer. We call it a house of worship. Houses of worship. But God didn't require for us to go to the house of worship. Jesus said, the house of my father should be called a house of prayer. The activity that we should do, the most important activity that we should do when we come here and get together is to pray. Not to worship. Worship is a byproduct of our relationship with God. So the question is, why isn't our prayer meetings the largest meetings? Why aren't our prayer meetings the largest meetings if what we are called to do is to pray and Jesus thinks that it's the most important activity that we could be doing? Why isn't it the largest meeting? You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because it hasn't worked for us. Our prayer hasn't worked for us. We haven't seen the answer to our prayers. And you know, the human spirit is, is a funny spirit. Because when things don't work for us, we stop trying it. The other day at home, our microwave started, stopped working. And I had this old microwave from back in the day, still in a little storehouse that I have outside. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get that old microwave and I'm going to plug it here. And I'm going to use the old microwave and I'm not even going to waste my time with this microwave that I have. All of a sudden, the microwave that I, that I have in my kitchen started working by itself again. But when it started working, I didn't even know because I wasn't even using it anymore. I was using the old little beat up one. You guys know what I'm talking about? Because us as humans, we don't like to do something that does not work. I remember back in the days in high school, they used to, I, I went to a small private school. And I remember when they put this soda machine for the first time. And I remember when they put this, this machine full of chips for the first time. It was like a vending. For us in a small private school, that was like big news. You know what I'm saying? And I remember one day, you know, they actually, instead of Coke and, and Sprite and all that, they actually had put Gatorade. And I had just finished coming from football practice. I'm like, boy, I'm going to get myself one of those cold Gatorades, you know. And I go and I put in the dollar. You guys remember that? You put in the dollar. It goes, ah. And I press the button. And no Gatorade came out. And when you're in high school, you're broke. So that's the only dollar you have. So you know what you start doing, right? You start pressing the button. Like, frantically, it's like, ah, you know. Nothing's coming out. You know what happens after you press the button a lot of times? Then you start shaking the machine. Have you done that before? And then when you shake the machine and nothing happens, you know what? That's the last thing that you do. You pick the machine. Like stupid machine. You guys at home, you guys are laughing too. These guys are laughing here. Why are you guys laughing? Because you guys have done that. And what do you do the next time that you walk by that machine? You just stare at it like, I'm not even touching you, man. You stole my money. 
And that's the same way that a lot of us treat prayer. We've been putting in coins. We've been putting in dollar bills. We've been putting in all this stuff. But since we don't get the result that we want, 21 days of fasting and prayer. I'm not going to that. That's a waste of time. God doesn't answer prayer. He doesn't answer my prayer. Maybe he answers the pastor's prayer. And a lot of us have this mentality because the pastor's closer to God than I am. So maybe he should pray for me. It works for him, but not for me. No. God wants to answer all our prayers. Like we saw in last week's teaching, it brings glory to the Father when we bear much fruit. And the fruit that Jesus was talking about there was about when our life of prayer is being answered by God. That's the fruit that he was referring to there. So why is prayer the most important key of the kingdom of God? Why is prayer the most important key to the kingdom of God? First, we need to understand, number one, write this down, that every religion practices prayer. Every religion practices prayer. Marcela, that's funny, the post that you put after 30 minutes, the pastor goes, I'm going to do point number one. Here we go, girl. I've been preaching for 15 minutes, and we're going to point number one right now. All right, every religion practices the art of prayer. Every religion. We were in India, okay? And the Hindus, man, they pray. They are praying. They have chants. They have prayers. The Buddhists, oh, the Buddhists pray. The Muslims, Scientology, Confucius, everyone prays. Prayer, guys, I want you to understand something. It's a religious mechanism of mankind. Every religion Praise. The question is, why? Why does every religion pray? I'm going to tell you why. Because there's a desire inside each and every one of us to contact and communicate with the supernatural. There's a desire inside each human being to contact and communicate with the supernatural that is inherent in every human spirit. In every human spirit, we want to connect with the supernatural. Even the atheists will play with the Ouija board. Even the atheists will find out what's their horoscope to see if when they were born, the stars were aligned. Everybody wants to connect with the supernatural. Don't let them fool you. Say, I don't believe in God. No, no, no. Now, actually, I'm going to give you a scripture here in the beginning, in a moment. Now, just because a person, pay attention to this, just because a person is praying, doesn't mean that they're praying the right way or to the right God. Because we see people from other religions praying like, oh, look, they're communicating with God. Oh, look how they're worshiping God. Oh, look how they're talking to him. Just because you're praying doesn't mean you're talking to the right God. The desire to or hunger to pray is proof that the human spirit is not from this place. I'm going to say it again. The desire to pray is proof that our spirit is not from here. In our spirit, there's a desire to connect with a higher being, with a higher power. Look at civilizations from the beginning. 
Even when you look at the ones that are called uncivilized, some tribe that is somewhere up in the jungle or in some island or something like that, that's one of the shows that I was actually watching while I was sick. A show that I found about uncivilized tribes. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to watch this to see where are the places that your gospel needs to be preached, you know. And I started looking, it was like a six-week episode. I mean, six, you know, six-series uh, episode. People that are in the middle of nowhere. And you know that they're praying? Some of them are praying to the sun. Some of them are praying to the moon. Some are praying to their ancestors. Some are praying to the rocks. Some are doing animal sacrifices so that their prayers could be heard. These people have not had contact with any of us. And yet they are praying. Why? I'm going to tell you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. You've never maybe gone through this verse. But look what this beautiful verse says. It says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the, what? What does it say here? He has planted eternity in the? Human hearts. But not even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. God cannot see, people cannot see exactly what God is doing from beginning to end. But what has God done? He has placed eternity in the hearts of human beings. Seven billion people upon the earth. And seven billion people that know in their spirit that they're supposed to communicate with a higher power. With a higher source. They all want help from afar. (laughs) Every human being trying to touch the eternal. And that's why... Many use idols. They use voodoo. My Cuban people, santería. Vamos a matar un gallo, you know, y vamos a hacer esto, y a chango, and this and that, and we get all these things together. Why? Because we're trying to communicate. Because eternity has been placed in our heart. And you can call it santería, white magic, black magic, voodoo, whatever it is you want to call it. The Buddhists, the burning incense. The Hindus go to the Ganges River. That's one of the activities that I saw. In one of the, 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 the Hindus go into the Ganges River and they think that because they're washing themselves in that river that their sins are being washed away. Isn't that crazy? But not only that, that river, when people die, they burn them and they throw their ashes in that river. So they're getting bathed with the ashes of dead people. Throwing the water over them. The human spirit trying to communicate with God. The Muslim pray five times a day facing towards Mecca. I remember one of the trips that I did to the Middle East. And we were in Egypt. And our tour guide, he was religious. 
And in the middle of the tour, there was traffic. But in Egypt, the traffic, if you think the traffic here is bad, in Egypt, I mean, and the guy in the middle of traffic, he told the bus guy to pull over to the side. He took out his rug and he started doing his prayer on the sidewalk. Like, man, I wish Christians would pray like this Muslim's preaching um, and praying. He didn't even care that he had a tour group with him. He was going to do his prayers five times a day. When is the last time that you and I prayed five times a day? A little crazy. The Jews, you go to Jerusalem, they're standing in front of the wall. And they call it the Wailing Wall or the Western Wall. And they're like moving, all dressed with a regalia. And this thing on their head that they have the law in a little, little, little paper inside this wooden thing they have in their head. And they're moving and they're reading. Espy saw that. Gabby saw that. All you guys have gone to Israel have seen that. You guys have seen that. Why? Because these are all human spirits, okay, feeling the need for eternity. Prayer is so common, no matter what religion, because it's man trying to reach to eternity. It's trying to reach to somewhere else for help. Now, number two, I want you guys to write this down. Prayer is not an option for us. We are commanded to pray. Okay, you guys, prayer is not an option for us. We are commanded to pray. In the kingdom, okay, you and I are commanded to pray. I'm going to tell it to you like this. You can't say that you are a follower of Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, as your King, and not pray. If you say that Jesus is your Lord, if you say that Jesus is your King, you're commanded to pray. It's a commandment of the king for his children that we could pray. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Are you guys with me here this morning? Matthew chapter 6, you guys at home, amen? Matthew 6, verse 5 through 8. This is Jesus speaking. This is the king speaking. And look what he says. When you pray, it doesn't say if you pray, it says when you pray, the king is expecting for you and I to pray. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Hypocrites, that's, that's a funny word that is being used there. You and I know what hypocrites are, right? You, you and I call people hypocrites that show to be something and they're not. When Jesus was speaking of the word hypocrite, I want you guys to look at me real quick. That word is made up of two words, and actually the word hypocrite is a Greek word. Okay, the Greek actors, the, the Greeks were the ones that invented plays. Okay, and they would go into the amphitheater, and everybody would come. It was a play, it was a big thing, and the actor was called, not an actor, not a movie star, a hypocrite. The actor was a hypocrite because the actor, what he would do is that he would put on a mask to be a personality and he would act with that mask 
with that personality, then he would go, turn around, change the mask, and put another mask. And when he would put another mask, he was another personality. And then he would do that again and again. And there were plays that was one guy wearing six different masks, playing six different personalities. Hippo means mask. Crit means actor. Actor that wears a mask. And Jesus says, when you pray, don't put on a mask. (laughs) And then you go and you take off that mask and you put on another mask. And then you take off that mask and put on another mask. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be schizophrenic. Hello. Don't be bipolar. (laughs) You pray one thing one day, and then the other day you're praying another thing, and God is like, wasn't he praying for this, and now he's praying for that? You just changed on me. I was going to bless you here, but now you're not there anymore, so how am I going to do that? You understand what I'm saying? Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray on public on street corners and in the synagogue where everyone could see them. I tell you the truth that all the reward that they will ever get, they got the reward. But when you pray, here we go second time with that phrase, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything what will he do? He will reward you. And another version, he will reward you in public. We are commanded to pray to who? To our Father who sees in secret. I'm going to tell you guys something. You know that real true prayer is not even something that we do as a group, but it's a private thing? Jesus never prayed. You never read except the Lord's Prayer when Jesus is teaching the disciples. You never see Jesus praying in public. Read the Bible. When is the last time you saw Jesus praying in public? Never. Just when he taught the disciples to pray. Because prayer is a private activity that you do in secret where only your Father sees what you're doing. And that word father is so important, guys. Because that word father is Abba. My Abba. My daddy God. But you know the word Abba, what it actually means is a source from where you and I get everything, including, (sighs) I never lost my breath during this coronavirus. (sighs) Your breath, your source, your life. Everything you get from your Abba, from your Father, from your source. And what Jesus is saying, go to your source. Don't go anywhere else. Go to where you come from. And that's something that Esperanza was teaching last week. Milton was teaching last week. That is so important. Listen. If you and I were called to be in communication with our source, it's like a tree that needs to be planted on the ground. But what happens if you get a tree and you pluck it out of the ground and you put it on a table and you leave it there for five days? What happens? It dies. If you get a fish and you get it out of water and you put it on the floor, it could gasp for air for about five, ten minutes, but it's going to die. 
And how is it that you and I are trying to live life without prayer, knowing that God is our source, but we don't connect to our source? I need him more than my next breath because I'm going to (sighs) die. People that have had serious coronavirus, that have had to be on ventilators, they depend on that oxygen machine that is pumping air into their lungs because if they get disconnected from that machine, you know what happens? Bye-bye. And every breath, I've talked to people that have been connected to a ventilator that have told me every breath is like a gift. That's how it is to be connected to our source in prayer. I'm talking to him and I'm like, I'm living, I'm breathing, I'm holding on. Lord, my strength comes from you. My reward comes from you. My health comes from you. My strength comes from you. My provision comes from you. My family is holding on to you. Everything that I have comes from you. We're commanded to pray. We're commanded to pray. When you pray, and then he says, I think this is verse 7 or 8, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. Have you ever heard somebody praying and they're just repeating themselves? And you're listening to the prayer like, didn't he say that already? I don't know if that happens to you, you know? But you're sometimes hearing and it's like, you hear people saying, oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. God's glorified. You've said glory to God 10 times already. Don't be like these people, like the Gentiles. They think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So this is the implication of this. I'm going to tell you. When he says, when you pray, don't be like the Gentiles. You know who the Gentiles were? The people that did not have a relationship with God. I'm going to give you an example. There's a story in the Bible, in the book of 2 Kings, of these prophets of Baal and the prophet Elijah. This is in 1 Kings. And the prophets of Baal are trying to pray to their God, and their God is not listening. So you know what they start doing? They start screaming louder. And then when they start screaming louder and they're not heard, then they start dancing around. And then when they dance around and they haven't been heard, then they throw themselves to the ground. Doesn't it look like some Christian services that we sometimes have? We dance around, we scream, we raise our voice, we speak in tongues. Hello! And then, you know what these guys started doing? They started cutting themselves. And you know what Elijah did? Hey, scream a little louder. Cut yourselves a little more. Maybe your God is asleep or he went on vacation. (laughs) And Jesus is saying, don't be like the Gentiles when you pray. That are trying to call the attention of God. God already knows what you need before you start. Isn't that amazing? But he still desires for you to talk to him and be connected to him. We're commanded to pray. We're commanded to pray. And my third point, every good preaching has to have three points. So this is my third point. Okay? Oh, by the way, something that I, that I want to say that, that I think is very important. Okay? God can't bless you and me if he can't see us. If you don't show up to pray, to be with him, he can't bless you. 
How can you bless somebody that you can't see? If I want to bless my children, I need to see my children. I got to be in relationship with my children. If not, I can't bless them. A lot of times God wants to bless us, but we're not there. We're commanded to pray. Number three. Okay, worship team, you guys could come up. Prayer is earthly license for heavenly interference. Write that down. Why is prayer the most important key of the kingdom? Number three, because prayer is earthly license for heavenly interference. Prayer is earthly license. What happens here on earth, guys at home, you guys here, listen to this. What happens here on earth depends on you and me. I love that quote that you used from John Wesley the other day. I'm going to use it again. John Wesley's quote on prayer. He says, without God, man cannot. And without man, God will not. I'm going to repeat it again. Without God, man cannot. And without man, God will not. There's a dependency, guys. Look over here, guys. We're talking about the importance, the priority of prayer. Why prayer is the most important key to the kingdom. There's a dependency between man and God and God and man here on earth. I want you to know that. And you might be here and you're like, but God is sovereign. But God is powerful. And he can do whatever he wants. That's true. But God has also established laws, spiritual laws. God has established spiritual laws to keep the universe in order. To keep everything running properly. And one of those laws is that he won't do anything on earth without human cooperation. He will not. He limited himself by his word when he said, let man rule over earth. And God left himself outside of that. So you and I have been placed here on earth to be the governing authority. Now that's a huge statement. Psalm 115. Psalm 115. This is my last verse today. Psalm 115, verse 15 and 16. Look what this psalm says. May you be blessed of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. The heavens are the heavens of God, but the earth he has given to the sons of man. What is he saying? The heavens are the heavens of who? The heavens belong to who? The heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth, who has he given the earth to? The sons of men. Who is the earth? We have dominion, stewardship over the earth. Humans, guys, pay attention are the legal authority God has set in this world. It's humans. Amen. Amen. This is a physical world we live in. Okay? God is spirit. 
and the physical reigns here on earth. So God needs people of flesh and blood that would give him license on earth so that heaven can move on, on its behalf. I have a house that I live on with my wife. We bought it two years ago. And you guys have heard our story of buying that house. It was a testimony. And we pay a mortgage on the house. And I want you to pay attention to this. Even though the house, okay, we are the owners of the house, we really don't own the house. Because who owns the house if we pay a mortgage on it? The bank. But let me ask you a question. How many of you guys own a house the same way that you're paying a mortgage on it? Raise your hand. You guys pay a mortgage on it. Okay. Let me ask you guys that are paying a mortgage a question. When was the last time that the bank came to your house when the plumbing broke? When is the last time the bank came to your house when you needed to replace the roof? In other words, even though the house is owned by the bank, the bank expects for you to take care of it for them. You are the authority in your house even though your house belongs to the bank. Let me tell you something, on earth, when things break down, God expects for you and I to fix the things that are breaking down on this earth because He owns it, but you and I are the ones that are in charge. And you can call out for help, and He'll give you the wisdom on how it is that you fix that problem, how you fix that situation. Next week, you don't want to miss next Sunday. Oh, next Sunday we're going to break down that verse of my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Oh, we're going to talk about that next week. And we're going to see what our role is within that. But God is counting on you and me. You know what? I'm going to finish with this thought. Prayer is not an option for us. Prayer is a command. Okay? Humans, 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 you and I could stop God from what He wants to do here on earth if we don't pray. We don't give Him license. We could cut off the license for Him to move here on earth. That's why Jesus, when I said that His most important activity, He thought it was prayer. Listen to this. You can check this out later. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. That's for you. That's homework. Not, you don't need even to put it on the screen. But it says that while it was still very dark, Jesus would get up to pray. Before the sun would rise. I've been in Israel. The sun over there, at 5 in the morning, it already looks like it was 8.30 in the morning here. And I was like, if he's getting up before the sun rises, this guy's getting up like at 3.30 in the morning to pray. And then he would go and heal the sick and do miracles and walk on water and multiply the food and all this and that. And the disciples don't ask how to do that. They're like, Lord, show us how to pray. All this to tell you guys, 
you guys that are at home, you guys that are here, that the person that is most excited about these 21 days of prayer is not you, it's God. God is the one that is the most excited when these 21 days of prayer come around because he's like, finally, they're going to let me do some things that I've been wanting to do. Finally, I'm going to have some humans giving me permission to move on behalf of this earth. Finally, so when these 21 days of prayer and fast come two times here at Numa, God is saying, oh, yes, I can't wait for that moment. Oh, I can't wait. They're going to give me their license. And I declare in Jesus' name that when these 21 days of prayer and fasting end, there will be the season of most answered prayer in the history of this church. It will be the season of most answered prayer. If you have been praying, I declare in the name of Jesus that you're not going to be kicking the Coke machine anymore. In Jesus' name. So what's my call to action? Commit to this last week of the 21 days of prayer. We finish next Sunday, next Saturday. We have seven days. If you haven't been able to commit yet, commit this week. Pastor, I can't come to six. Connect at 12. Connect at 12.30. Commit this week. And if you could come at six, come. This Wednesday night, we're going to do Numa night at 8 o'clock. We're going to do it from our house. We're going to be praying. We're going to continue teaching on some of these principles. Let's take advantage of this last week. And next Saturday, we're going to close at 9 a.m. I invite you all guys to come. We're going to be socially... Let me repeat. We're not going to be socially distanced. Because we're not called to be socially distanced. We're called to be physically distanced. But we need, we need to be socially connected. I want to clear that out. Because social distance, social distance... No, I was created for relationship. I don't need to social distance. I need to be physically distanced i understand that so we're going to be physically distanced socially connected with god and with each other amen oh hallelujah i'm excited man i want to ask you guys to close your eyes right there where you're at i want you to take a moment and pray to the holy spirit he's here he's the author of this message he's the one that is speaking through me and he's the one speaking to your heart. I want you to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to show you with this that we're talking about today. You at home, what is it that he's telling you? You might be in your living room. You might have your kids all over the place. But he wants to talk to you. What is he telling you? And take a moment. Take a few seconds right there. Holy Spirit, speak to them. Confirming their hearts, what are the directions that you're giving them? Affirm their hearts in prayer. That's the most important key in the kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart beat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I'm melting your peace. It's overwhelming. I wanna sit at your feet. Drink from the cup in your hand. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart beat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I'm melting. You guys that are here, can you stand to your feet and just raise your hands for a moment in front of God? Can you stand to your feet, just raise your hands. One more time, guys. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hands, lay back against you. heaven so that your kingdom will come to earth Lord and today Lord we are learning about prayer as the most important key I declare my God that even as we shared these words with your people that you would put hunger in their hearts Lord God to pray that what these words have done Lord today is spark up a desire in them to understand the importance of prayer to understand that there's a commandment to pray to allow you to move and bring your kingdom to this earth lord god father we want to be your vessels in your hands we want to be clean vessels in your hands that you can use our lives to bring your desire come to pass here on earth we honor you father and there where you're at, if you could keep your eyes closed for one second here and at home. If you've never invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you've never invited him into your heart and into your life, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Jesus says that he came to die for your sin, connect you once again to your source to your father to your Abba to have a relationship with him and fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can live for God's purposes if you have been going through issues and feel that you're walking around aimlessly in life and without purpose it can be very well that you don't know Jesus yet as your Savior and I want to lead you in a prayer now and if that's you and you feel that the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart I want you to repeat this prayer with me Lord Jesus, 
Today I invite you into my life. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I confess my sins to you. I declare that you have judged correctly, Lord. I am broken. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, Jesus, come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Allow me to live for your purpose, to establish your kingdom. Use me, Jesus. Use me, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen.